Alright, so it's that moment where everyone has to say again I hate to admit it, but the czar was right. I know, I know. It's tedious. Seeing the future is no fun sometimes for me either. So for the last few leads related conference contact.io, LGW, Ledscon I've been giving a presentation featuring this slide. As I explained in the presentation, a district court found that this website layout was not sufficient to give the consumer conspicuous notice of the disclosure terms he was accepting. This is critical as I have been saying for lead sellers and buyers to understand because if they buy leads with similar presentations they may not be legally protected. In the meantime I have been trying to round up everyone to accept real standards in terms of what consent needs to looks like. Including the size of font, font color, etc. That way folks buying and selling leads will know exactly what a disclosure has to look like to be valid. Well just a day after dealing the lead gen industry another shocking blow, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals affirmed yesterday finding that the district court got it right. And everyone buying or selling website leads or obtaining arbitration via online disclosures needs to pay attention right now. The court found that the disclosure did not give reasonably conspicuous notice of an arbitration agreement to the consumer. Notably this is a lower standard than applicable to express written consent. Meaning that if your disclosure doesn't meet this test it likely will not suffice under the FCC's puke rules. The disclosure, is printed in a tiny gray font considerably smaller than the font used in the surrounding website elements, and indeed in a font so small that it is barely legible to the naked eye. The comparatively larger font used in all of the surrounding text naturally directs the user's attention everywhere else. And the textual notice is further de-emphasized by the overall design of the web page, in which other visual elements draw the user's attention away from the barely readable critical text. Far from meeting the requirement that a web page must take steps to capture the user's attention and secure her assent, the design and content of these web pages draw the user's attention away from the most important part of the page. Indeed the court established a rule that consumers are entitled shocking to more notice. Website users are entitled to assume that important provisions, such as those that disclose the existence of proposed contractual terms, will be prominently displayed, not buried in fine print. Eesh. It gets worse. A user is only bound by terms if the button they click actually says so. Buttons that say continue or the like are no good. In using the websites, Hernandez and Russell did not take any action that unambiguously manifested their assent to be bound by the terms and conditions. Defendants rely on plaintiffs' act of clicking on the large green continue buttons as manifestation of their assent, but merely clicking on a button on a web page, viewed in the abstract, does not signify a user's agreement to anything. A user's click of a button can be construed as an unambiguous manifestation of assent only if the user is explicitly advised that the act of clicking will constitute assent to the terms and conditions of an agreement. Those of you sitting in on the 2.5-hour compliance panel at LeedsCon heard the panel emphasize this point over and over again. The button must draw the consumer's attention to the fact that terms are being accepted or that clicking the button is a final binding act of legal significance. An asterisk is fine too. Now there is good news here too. As I have also been telling folks over and over again, the ultimate sellers slash providers of goods or services need to be disclosed in a disclosure. But that disclosure can be a hyperlink. The Ninth Circuit agrees with me, but only if it is apparent a hyperlink is present. Second, while it is permissible to disclose terms and conditions through a hyperlink, the fact that a hyperlink is present must be readily apparent. Simply underscoring words or phrases, as in the web pages at issue here, will often be insufficient to alert a reasonably prudent user that a clickable link exists. Zooming out, I'm not going to name the lead suppliers or buyers involved in the case because they're all friends of mine and pretty good folks. 
So what this case demonstrates is that without standards everyone every single buyer and seller of leads is at risk. Every disclosure you are using may or may not be valid and binding. There is a reason I have been going through these website disclosure layout scenarios over and over again. Hopefully folks even those who are reluctant to agree that standards are needed are starting to see the end game here. This is the first appellate court decision to directly weigh in on issues of format respecting online leads to this degree. So it is a very helpful and incredibly important case to keep in mind. But it is critical to any company that uses online disclosure forms to capture consent to arbitration and critical class action waivers. Berman gives us a few very clear rules to take away for anyone trying to capture consumer consent or arbitration agreements online. 1. Font cannot be too small, whatever that means, or too light, whatever that means. Standards needed. 2. The button must clearly advise the consumer in some form or fashion that terms are bind accepted. 3. Hyperlinks are okay as long as they are clear. Contact me to discuss REACH this includes folks at PACE and Consent Council. I know you want a seat at the table. And it's been crickets from leadership over there and that is very disconcerting. We need to align. Also contact me to discuss other standards that your business must keep in mind when buying and selling leads or when trying to secure arbitration via an online form. You don't want to learn about these standards for the first time from one of my blogs.